Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo liberties here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bravo Papers podcast. Before we start, we need to do our usual song and dance. Please rate, review, subscribe. Um, And, you know, if you're listening, do that thing that I love, which is taking a screenshot of the podcast and sharing it to your Instagram story. You can tag me, Bravo and Botox and the podcast Instagram or one or the other at the Bravo Papers. I will share it to my Instagram stories, send you all the love. And please tell someone if you know someone, anyone who you know who loves Bravo, you know, a co-worker, a friend, a family member, spread the word, get it out there. That's how these shows grow, right? They don't grow magically. They grow from people like you who share it, who suggest it, those, you know, those are the money makers, okay? Not literal money necessarily, but, you know, the kind of money like internet money, which is sharing, liking, reviewing, rating, all that good stuff. So please do so. You know, I am trying to grow the podcast, as I say, every week. Um, And follow my podcast Instagram at the Bravo Papers. Um, And, you know, you'll get updates on new episodes and if there are accompanying pictures or videos. I know I didn't do that for my last breaking news episode, but it was just I was going through a rough time personally and, you know, in other ways, you know, I don't want to get into it, but it was just, you know, something had to give. And I don't want to not do my roundups if I'm having a rough week because that's really what people are loving and and people I know people would be so disappointed. <laughs> so don't worry, I'll never leave you without a Twitter roundup. I promise that. Um all right. One other thing is that some exciting news is that I have launched a YouTube channel. I know that a lot of people listen to podcasts on YouTube, which I I mean I know that now. I had no idea, honestly. I had no idea people did that, but apparently it's a thing. And, you know, some people use it as their way of listening to podcasts. So as of now, you know, I'm going to be adding all my podcasts onto YouTube as soon as I can, Um, at least all the new ones going forward. And so, you know, check that out. It's the Bravo Papers, but I'm going to put the link in the description for today's episode. Uh, I would love it if you would subscribe. I think I have zero subscribers right now. You could be my first one. Um, but I will put the link in the description or the um, the podcast notes for today for everyone. I'm also going to be advertising it and sharing it on my Instagrams. So check that out. And let's get into today's news. So today is Monday, June 26, and I am here to bring you all your Bravo breaking news along with my thoughts and opinions, which I know are highly coveted. I'm joking. But anyways, let's start. So, 
Um, let's start with a little Orange County because the new season started. You know, we're a few episodes in now. And I'm really enjoying the new season. So I don't know about all of you, but I think the new season has been great so far. Yes, Tamara is annoying. Tamara's one of my favorites, but, you know, she's like a toxic favorite. I don't know. She's like a problematic favorite, I guess. Um, you know, I, I have some favorites that are problematic, but, you know, I don't look to them as moral compasses. It's more the entertainment factor. However, you know, Tamara's, she's a little bit dropped the ball in the first few episodes. You know, she's trying a little too hard to have a moment. She's trying a little too hard to, you know, be provocative and all this stuff. And it's reading kind of fake, you know, and the fans aren't liking it, which I totally agree with. So hopefully she'll... You know, maybe because it was her first time filming in a while, like getting back to it, and maybe she just needed to get her feet wet. So hopefully things will level out. I don't know. Um, anyways, but one of the storylines for this season, and even if you aren't watching, you know, I'll just give you a little quick overview. Basically, Taylor, so Taylor Armstrong, who used to be on Beverly Hills and is now on OC, Taylor Armstrong goes up to Heather Dubrow. And basically offers her an acting job because they had, I guess she's filming Taylor's, apparently Taylor's an actress now. But anyways, Taylor's filming something in Oklahoma and there was an actress in it, I guess, who dropped out. So she kind of offers Heather the part. Now, I think Taylor's like, OK, this is a good little storyline for me. I can do some filming with Heather, all that kind of stuff. A good sort of friend of role storyline for O.C., Heather's a little bit like I don't know taken aback by it and she's like you know it's not your role to offer like that would be the director that does that right and she has kind of like a little confessional where she's like you know who is Taylor to offer this whatever um so then Taylor actually took to Twitter after seeing Heather's confessionals on the episode and said Actually, the director told me I could offer it to Heather with like a lipstick kiss emoji. And then the director of the movie actually tweeted and said, so funny, you offered one role, which we discussed at length, and I asked if you'd offer it to Heather to see if she'd be into doing it. So yes, you were authorized to offer that. Of course, our team would have followed up with Heather to finalize details. And then he goes on. So Heather retweet, quote, retweeted that. And she wrote, you know, from the director of my movie with like the little pointing emoji. So, you know, or did I say Heather? I meant Taylor. Sorry. Taylor retweeted that if I said Heather by accident. Anyway, so Taylor retweeted that. So, you know, she is kind of like throwing shade at Heather a little bit here. Like, yeah, actually I am. Because Heather was sort of making it out like... Taylor doesn't know what she's doing. Taylor isn't like in the acting world like I am, you know, like Heather's always trying to big up her status as an actress. And she was kind of putting Taylor down about that. So Taylor was kind of like, actually, I did have permission to offer the role. And yeah, we would have finalized the filming schedules and all that kind of stuff, you know, later if you were even interested. So which I don't know, that makes sense to me. I feel like Heather... You know, sometimes she can be a little snobbish, as we all know. So I feel like it was just her kind of trying to take control of the narrative a little bit. But I don't know. We'll see how that unfolds. So 
I thought that was interesting and, you know, a little bit of tea spilling over to social media. All right, so let's talk about Bethany Frankel, um, <laughs> which I know is not everyone's favorite topic. Now, Bethany, you know, she's always talking on social media. She's always got something to say. It never stops. But these two little stories I pulled, I thought were actually interesting and worth noting. A lot of her stuff, I just, I keep scrolling. So first of all, um, Bethany has called out Tamara Judge over saying that Teresa Judice is the most overrated housewife. So if you don't remember, or if you didn't hear about this, Tamara was on Watch What Happens Live on, I think it was on the premiere night of OC. And, you know, as they do on Watch What Happens Live, you know, Andy asked shady questions and he asked, you know, who's the most overrated housewife? Now, currently, Tamara and Teresa are in like a beef. I don't like to talk about it because I like both of them. <laughs> so I'm not on a side. They're both my problematic favorites, but whatever. Anyways, so that being said, she did pick Teresa and of course, you know, People erupted online, being all offended, you know, people who are Teresa fans. I wasn't really offended by it because, like, I'm not, like, a stan. I just like both of them a normal amount. Um, and I recognize that both of them can be extremely, you know, gossipy, toxic, etc. But, I mean, that's what I'm looking for in a housewife is people who are, like, characters and cause drama. So I was fine with it. That's just Tamara's just doing her job. That's what she does, Right. Anyways, so Tamara did say that, though, and people were mad. But my problem with it was not that Tamara said it. Like, I wanted her to pick someone and to be shady and not just, like, refuse to answer the question. My problem was, like, it's just not good shade as an answer because it's just not true. And I was kind of relieved when Bethany called it out, of all people, because Bethany was like, listen... Tamara only said that because her and Teresa are in a fight right now. But if they weren't in a fight, she would not have picked Teresa because it's just not it's just not true, which I have to agree with that. Like, yeah, you can hate Teresa. She can, you know, be annoying and she can be, uh, you know, crazy sometimes and all that kind of stuff. And you can hate Louie and all and 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 the list goes on and on. But to say she's an overrated housewife is just inaccurate. It just is. I'm sorry. You don't stay on the show this long and have the entire production shut down while you go to prison because you're overrated. It's just it's like saying Nini's overrated or, um, you know, Vicky or something. I totally get why people would hate Teresa. I get why people hate Vicky. People hated Nini on her last season. People were calling for her to be fired. There's a lot of people with revisionist history about that because people want Nini back now. But that was the popular opinion during that season. It just was. But that being said, you know, all of the most sort of iconic housewives have gone through their moments where they are hated by some, loved by others. Right? But that doesn't make them overrated. So anyways, I just think Tamara, it's just reaching a little bit. So I had to agree with Bethany about that one. Now, the other thing with Bethany is she was actually mentioned on season two of And Just Like That. 
So and just like that is the Sex in the City spinoff. So basically, I don't watch it. I have to be honest. I just I can't. I loved the original Sex in the City. Big fan, all that. But I just based on the reviews I saw and all that, like I, I don't get enough of the nostalgia thing to sit down and get into it. I just so I'm I'm good. And all every clip I've seen looks so stupid. I just can't. Anyways, so on one of the episodes, a character, I don't even know what the character's name is because I don't watch it, but the character asked Carrie about why she never went to the Hamptons a lot, I guess, when she was younger, something like that. And she explains and gives some reasons. And then the other character responds, you know, was one of those reasons, Bethany Frankel, um, <laughs> which I guess, I guess that's kind of funny. I am not, obviously not a New York person, so I don't know if there's, you know, if it's just because like, Bethany's always talking about her real estate there and redoing houses. I'm assuming that's why. I don't know. But Bethany responded with a TikTok, as she does, saying, basically, when you've been off TV for years and just like that, catty housewives are bringing you up. And that little caption is in the video while she's like smiling and pouring a glass of wine. So just a little kind of light news and shade. All right, let's talk about Vanderpump Rules. It has started filming already, which is pretty wild considering how crazy the last season was. And I think we're all still getting over our hangover from it, but they are filming. Um, we know this. There's a few clues, but it, it's definitely filming. So this is not gossip. Um, but a Sandoval and the most extras show was rescheduled and it said it was due to a filming conflict um sheena lala you know took to instagram they're you know getting their glam done and you know heavily implying that they're getting ready for filming they're all back i mean of course i'm not you know i'm not sure a hundred percent about raquel but i will be shocked like shocked if Raquel is not back. Okay. I mean, she said in her one-on-one -on -one with Andy that she wanted to still be on the show. Clearly being on the show is very important to her and fame is very important to her. You know, if, if you don't agree, you should listen to the first episode of my podcast, who is Raquel Levis. And, uh, I have, you know, two hours or three hours of reasons why. Anyways. <laughs> so, the other thing I've been hearing about Raquel is that apparently she's dating someone out of state. So, I, again, that's not confirmed. This is really like word on the street kind of hearing. But I have heard it from a few places. Now, I don't know if that means she's out of rehab, that she met someone while she was in it, if she is even in rehab, or if she's just doing conventional therapy. I really don't know. I mean, in my opinion... Should she be dating someone right now? No. Like, this this girl needs to be single. I feel the same way about Ariana, actually. I know Ariana has this new guy. You know, for all intents and purposes, it seems like he's nice based on, like, what Sheena and other people have said. But we really don't know him. And I just worry, like, I think Ariana is a bit of a relationship jumper, which, okay, I have to admit I'm a relationship jumper, like I, through my 20s and 30s, was always in a long-term relationship. That was just, I was just a relationship person. And like my current relationship, which is my marriage, 
um, you know, it did start like right after my prior relationship. So there wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I took a year off or five years off to be single. I was just never one of those people. And, you know, I've been with my husband for over 15 years. So I'm not saying that it's like wrong and you can't do it. But I feel like with Ariana, she's got a little bit of like maybe some self-esteem issues, codependency. So I just hope that this new guy is good for her and that he just, you know, lets her kind of grow and be like 100% her authentic self. Raquel, on the other hand, I think is has some serious growing up to do and it looks fully looks for validation in men. So she's a different case. So anyways, I guess we will see. Now, some other Vanderpump Rules news is that Christina Kelly was on Stassi's podcast and spilled a little kind of behind the scenes tea about what happened with that whole, uh, you know, Havasu trip, uh, Vegas trip as well, slash Vegas with Raquel. So basically the night where basically the night where they all were drinking and Raquel was like hammered, that was the night where Raquel was like, good thing you don't like have a man to take or whatever she said to Lala. So that night, Raquel didn't actually remember all the stuff that they said and she didn't hear all of it either. Christina Kelly says she was way more drunk than you would think watching. She was like having trouble walking. The little scene that we saw of her microwaving food was like a drop in the bucket compared to everything and that she was like acting whatever hammered. So they were just kind of like, what is happening with this girl? Like, why is she this hammered? And that was when they started talking about the galaxy light. And I guess the galaxy light was kind of part of the lar- part of the larger just giggling about her being so drunk. Like, it's like, oh, you're so drunk and you went and turned on a galaxy light. It's funny. Anyways, but the point is that I guess one of the producers told her or showed her the footage of them kind of like giggling and teasing her about that when they were on the bed. And Christina Kelly says, yeah, we were being snarky, but it was mostly just because like we'd never seen anything like her kind of drunken behavior. Christina Kelly's that's her point of view. It's hard for me to believe the other girls have never seen that level of drunk. But anyways, (laughs) so the girls apparently had it out with the producer um, who showed Raquel the footage and they were mad because they're like, well, you're messing with the natural order of things because now she's going to create a storyline of us being mean girls instead of having her authentic experience on the trip. And then, yeah, maybe if she sees it later, she, you know, watches it back. We can talk about it at the reunion, blah, blah, blah. You know, the way I guess it's supposed to go. So they were mad about that. And they felt like the producer was kind of helping Raquel create this like victim, quote unquote, storyline. Okay. So, I mean, you know, some people might be like, who cares? Because they they were being snarky. So, you know, she would have found out about it eventually anyways. But I do understand what the girls are saying, the other girls, because then it became like a thing on the show. Right. So then Raquel went back, left early was already kind of was revved up from that left early then she could go and cry to you know Sandoval etc about how the girls are bullying her etc when in reality maybe she would have woken up hung over and by the time this came back out 
you know, months later when she watched it back, she would have been like, oh, yeah, I was acting a fool that night. And like, who am I to say anything? Because I was sleeping with Sandoval, whatever. It may have gone like the season could have gone in a little bit of a different direction. But I mean, that being said, I don't think it's like that huge of a deal. And yeah, the girls were being snarky. But I mean, Raquel was also like, yeah, she was hammered. And she was acting weird, so I don't know. I don't think didn't I didn't think it was ever that big of a deal, because that's what happens on the show. Somebody acts, gets drunk, people judge them. I mean, we've been watching that for seasons. I don't know why Raquel gets handled with such kid gloves all the time, but anyways, that's that's for another day. I won't be going off on a tangent now. Okay. In other news, in relation to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Atlanta. Um, Carlos King, who is a former producer of Bravo, he used to work on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. He also used to work on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And, you know, he's got like a podcast and he's got like a, you know, he videos himself like a vlog, like talking about the shows. I guess it's just like his podcast recorded. Um, Anyways, so he I guess he's keeping up with Atlanta And he comments on the Bravo shows. Right now, he is a producer on uh, shows on OWN. I believe Love and Marriage Huntsville and Love and Marriage DC, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he's a producer on those. Um, But he still comments on the Bravo shows. And he made a comment about basically saying Candy and Kenya's friendship is not real. And that it's actually an alliance basically compared it to Garcelle and Sutton, saying that theirs is also an alliance. Now, fans were not happy about this, including me. There are some friendships that I could see being an alliance sometimes, but not in this case. Candy and Kenya are friends, okay? They're friends, like, full stop. When you've been filming on a show like this together for this long... Even if your friendship mostly revolves around filming, that's still a good chunk of the year... Like, once you're an adult and you have kids and you have a family, how often do you see your friends? Like, when I want to plan a get-together with my group of, like, best girlfriends, it takes us, like, six months to plan it. Well, not literally, but it takes, it honestly, it'll take us, like, three months to find a date that works for all of us. It's really hard because we're all, you know, we're moms, we have families, we have kids, we have jobs, like, da-da-da, right? And these women are... They're busy. They do public appearances. They do promotions. They're filming. They have businesses, right? Especially Candy and Kenya, right? So even if they're not hanging out that much outside of filming, which, by the way, I would disagree because I think that they do hang out outside of filming and they've said that they do, it's not an alliance. They like each other and they're friends, okay? And Garcelle and Sutton, I would say the exact same thing. In fact, somebody on Twitter... Um, tagged Garcelle and Sutton and said, we need a response, basically, to what Carlos King said. And Garcelle replied and said, this couldn't be more wrong, but I don't have to prove anything. And Sutton said, if they don't know by now, shaking my head, can't make this friendship up. Best thing that's happened to me in a decade, which is like so sweet. Um, I appreciate, you know, Sutton. Sutton acknowledges like, yeah, we are newer friends. That doesn't mean we're not really friends. Like some of the closest friends in my life are coworkers who I've only met in the last few years. And we, and when you work with someone and they understand what you go through at work and all that, you can become incredibly close to them. 
So I don't know. I would question, you know, what he said about that. And I, I, I don't think some people are like, everything he says is trash, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't think that's true. He was a former producer. He does have some good insights. But that being said, you know, yeah, I have to disagree with him about that one. And I think he's just kind of doing it because he's for some reason wanting to defend Marlo, which I will never understand. All right. So let's talk about New Jersey. I always get tired before I talk about New Jersey, but the New Jersey news train never ends. <laughs> so, sorry, I was adjusting my chair in case you heard a weird noise. Let's go with the first story because I think it's the most fun and kind of light. So, Melissa Gorga has done some renovations to her house, which I'm sure a lot of people are not surprised by because she's been... You know, there's been photos that have leaked of, you know, the construction, etc. So we've known about that. But basically, she released a um, an Instagram post and she had a picture of the new house. And what did she say? Where's my... Okay, she said, finally finished. And then she thanks the architect and says they had to resubmit their plans after... COVID chaos, quote unquote, says tags Joe Gorgon, says he wanted to kill her for doing this. So, okay, so here's what I'm confused about. So clearly it was redone, which is fine. Like, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of necessarily, but it's just weird because she's like finally finished when we know the house was already finished. Like she'd had a whole entertainment tonight thing it was on their show and their website there was an article about it in february on february 14th i took me two seconds to google it about her home being done and etc and now she's like finally finished thanks to this architect that i found who did this and like the house was done and it had these little like triangle if you haven't seen what it looked like before you should totally google it because it looks so bad so it had these little like roof these little triangle roof peaks and they were just like different sizes and weird and it just it didn't look good it was very like you know McMansion builder basic and when she first posted her house and the photos first came out in like February and March she was getting dragged left right and center there was even like an architect who dragged her on TikTok with like a whole video about how you can tell the house was made by a builder who's not that good as opposed to an architect and he was talking about the misalignment of the windows the sizing like just on and on so it wasn't good people had a lot to say and people were criticizing some of her decor choices too like the lighting etc so did melissa gorga make changes based on these things yes do i care no the only thing that's kind of weird about it is that she's lying about it and that's what's a little bit cringe because it's kind of like, okay, everyone knows that, you know, you changed your house because of what people on the internet said. And on top of it, you don't want to admit that. So you're lying about it. Like it just, it just is cringe. It just is. So that was one thing. And, you know, instead of saying like, finally finish, I would say, you know, she should have just said like, oh, we weren't happy with the way that the roof turned out. Look how much better this looks. Thank you, architect, for helping us. I mean, that's what I would have said. <laughs> because why would you build these peaks on the roof and then tear them down and redo them? 
that's not part of the building process. That's a redo. The other thing was that like in March, on March 5th, she had that lighting post and she changed the lights in her foyer. And she said, so the original light she was getting dragged because people were like saying they look like Dementors from Harry Potter. And she was like, I absolutely love playing with home decor. Waking up to this beauty is just so much better. Like, you know, you chose ugly lights the first time. They didn't go. They looked bad. Just, you know, take the loss. This is the thing nowadays. A lot of these housewives, like not just Melissa Gorga, but a lot, they just can't take the loss. Sometimes you just have to be like, yeah, you know, I screwed up. I The lights, I thought they were nice. I had a vision. Once they got up, I realized they're ugly. You guys are right. I'm changing them. Like, I would have really respected her for that. I think just it's one of those things. It's like, let's just kind of own stuff. Anyway, so congratulations, Melissa Gorga, on your redone home. <laughs> I was just dying to say that if you don't know it's an old New Jersey reference from when Teresa was mad because Melissa sent her a card that said congrats on your redone home. All right so another New Jersey story is Frank Catania. So Frank Catania has been doing some interviews um, particularly he did one on the two T's in a pod is that what it's called yes podcast with Tamara and Teddy. Um, well just just Teddy I think. Basically saying there was a couple things that have made their rounds on social media. So first he said his issues with Louis, he kind of backtracks on what he says at the said at the reunion. He said his issues with Louis had nothing to do with Frankie working for Louis. He goes on about how Louis gave Frankie connections, gave him an incredible experience. It's very confusing. Like he's really changing his tune on this topic. Because he was really pushing that at the at the um, at the reunion. I was about to say communion. I don't know why at the reunion. So, I mean, this doesn't look good, Frank. I mean, I kind of know Frank. It's kind of known that like Frank lies about stuff, to be honest. But I mean, he did get disbarred. He's not like the most honest person. But I mean, it's it's a little bit embarrassing that he's right now just like completely going back on that. But anyways, so who knows? Who knows what happened? Some people say he's just walking it back because maybe Dolores made him. I guess that could be possible, too. I I kind of always thought it was a big fat nothing burger. You know, I do I think he's had beef and issues with Louie? Probably, yes. Do I think Frankie has? I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. So in terms of the smear campaign, um, Frank Catania is still kind of saying that there was a smear campaign. And I addressed this on another episode um, by Louie. And Frank says that him, Joe Gorga, and Joe Benino had some kind of tentative deal with a network for their own show, which I find hard to believe. But anyways, let's let's pretend that it's true just for a second. So he says that they had a tentative deal with a more, quote unquote, conservative network, and it was derailed by the smear campaign, which was done by Louie. I'm... Okay, listen, I'm not here, like, believing everything Louis says and believing Louis doesn't do anything wrong. No. Do I believe Louis might dig up dirt or try to get, like, you know, I don't know, try to, like, talk to maybe, like, a blogger or something to try to get them to, you know, say something nice about him or whatever? I don't know. Maybe. Do I believe he might have hired this private investigator or that they allege? Yeah, that's possible. But... 
the smear campaign is I'm only confused about that because I still don't know what Frank is talking about. If I had seen the smear campaign, I could, you know, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. And I like Frank. Like, I think Frank is funny on the show. He's a great character on the show. I call him character because I do think he kind of plays a character, but it's funny and it's entertaining nonetheless. But that being said, like, what smear campaign is he talking about? Like, I, no one is more plugged in to Bravo News than myself and other Bravo content creators. And, like, I'm seeing it from other Bravo accounts, too, who are like, what smear campaign? Like, what's he talking about? And it's not like I've seen people who are, like, pulling up all, here's all the bad stories about Frank and said it. Like, no, I've seen nothing. So I don't know what he's talking about. Now... The only things I can think of are like Joe Gorga at BravoCon, like acting a fool with Jen Aiden and Joe Gorga skipping the wedding. But that's not a smear smear campaign. Those happened. Like somebody filmed him in the altercation with Jen and he skipped the wedding as a storyline. So that's not a smear campaign. So, and if there was any other little news stories that were, clearly they were not big enough that I even remember them. There could have been maybe, I and if I did forget, it wasn't that effective of a smear campaign, clearly. <laughs> and people still, like usual, were loving Frank this season, talking about how funny he was. He even, like, liked and commented on one of my Twitter roundups where I had a joke about him. Um, so like, you know, I don't see, there's not like this big, like Frank Catania hate campaign. Like, yes, you'll see like the like super, super aggressive tree stands who are like, you know, will say things about him just to defend tree and Louie, but they're not the, like, they're not the majority by any stretch. So I don't know. This is hard for me to believe. Very hard for me to believe. Anyways, let's go on to John Fuda. There, there were some, you know, some people who were talking about, like, did John Fuda change his name to avoid, like, drug charges or something like that? And somebody pulled up some records. I don't really want to get into that because I don't really... This is the part of Jersey I don't like. If John Fuda allegedly or did in the past have some... was pulled over with drugs in his car or something. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I, I'm kind of like, so what? Like, if he did have drugs in his car and clearly like his ex was an addict um the mother of his child like am i here to judge somebody who has a drug problem and was an addict and got pulled over and had drug no like so if he was an addict like that's to me that's a disease it's a mental illness and i don't think it's something that makes him like a bad person quote unquote i don't really like john fuda for other reasons just cuz i didn't love him on the show and i think he seems thirsty but if he did have drug issues in his past that is not going to be one of the reasons i would dislike him and you know i think pulling that up is like i think it's the same as some people pulling up stuff from louis past from like 10 years ago it's like are we going to give people any room for growth ever like yeah there are some things that we shouldn't allow certainly but there are other things that like you know people could have in their past and we have to judge them on who they are today and the man or the woman or the person that they are being today anyways on another note related to that the editor of the sun claims that they that louis was not the one though involved with getting in touch with john fuda's ex and explains that they got Britney's info from their own database, I guess, where they can look people up, something like that. So again, that's been floating around too. 
I mean, at the end of the day, that story is another one where I'm like, who cares? Because somebody would have found her no matter what. Like, I don't, I think that's one thing John Fuda needs to just let go. That whole, like, Louis got my ex's info. Like, that was going to happen. Let's just be real. Um, And ending on kind of a light note with New Jersey, Richie Wakili. So Kathy Wakili's husband, which I'm sure many of you remember, um, goes, took to Instagram to call the Gorgas farm animals again. (laughs) So if you don't remember, I think it was a year ago, approximately, um, page six, it was a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly what the timeline was, but sometime in the last year or two, Page Six um, posted an article about Victoria Wakili, the daughter of Kathy, and how she got married, and how her cousins, Joe and Melissa, were not in attendance. And um, Joe Wakili, who is their son, commented on it and wrote, LMAO, we cut those farm animals out of our life years ago, and that's why they weren't in attendance. Okay. And then Rich Richard Wakili put on his Instagram, basically he put like a quote about family and he wrote, no family is perfect. We argue, we fight, we even stop talking to each other at times. But in the end, family is family. The love will always be there. And then he added at the end, like in his own writing to the quote, he added, not for some farm animals with like a silly face emoji. So I guess that's his way of maybe throwing more shade at the Gorgas. Now, some people were like, oh, it's about Teresa, too. And I'm like, yeah, it could be. But it is in direct reference to his son calling them farm animals. So I'm going to assume it's about the Gorgas more. Anyways, so he's just, you know, I think he's just trying to get attention, stirring things up as usual. But that is something that I see people often say online, like, oh, you know, you know, Melissa and Joe, they at least have the Wikileaks, da da da. And I think a lot of people don't know that they're actually not on good terms because after they left the show, the Wikileaks, I mean, um, they were pissed at Melissa. And Kathy has said in interviews basically that she felt like Melissa used her for the show to just, you know, have a team against Teresa. And that once they were off the show, it was like, you know, see you later. Like, I have no use for you anymore. So they haven't had any sort of relationship since they left the show. All right, let's talk about Beverly Hills. There's a couple things happening. First one is (laughs) not shocking, but shocking. Dorit accused of stiffing a nurse who claims to have helped her after her alleged plastic surgery. Maybe this is the head transplant that Lisa Vanderpump was talking about. I'm, I'm joking, of course. Um, but Natalie Vanderstay, who is, <laughs> what are the chances that the last name starts with Vander? I just, I just love Bravo sometimes. Okay, so Natalie Vanderstay, who's a private duty nurse, alleges that she is owed $8,600 in damages because she submitted an invoice and Dorit refused to pay her. So basically, the story goes that Dorit had plastic surgery, allegedly, needed overnight care to monitor and assess her pain, administer medications, etc. And this woman did the work and was never paid. This is all alleged. Do I believe it? Yes, because the stories of Dorit 
and PK not paying bills are infamous, and they go on and on and on and on. Like, they have this reputation, right? It was almost caught on film. I don't know if you remember, there was a season where the Beverly Hills Housewives were on vacation, and they're by the pool, and all of a sudden this woman walks up, who was not miked or anything, and she just walks up and starts, like, chasing after Dorit, saying she owes her money. And Dorit, you know, the producers ask her about it, and Dorit kind of says something along the lines of, like, sort of implying like oh people are just fame hungry or they're just you know saying something that's a lie or whatever but you know this isn't the first time that we've heard something like this about them I also you know Dorit has sworn up and down that she hasn't had plastic surgery nose jaw all these things that she's accused of I mean Dorit like we have eyes so and like it's fine who cares I the housewives who own their plastic surgeries are always the best because it's like we can tell and then the conversation's over like yeah who cares I don't think it's anything to be you know taboo about especially since you know Dorit looks good she was beautiful before too but she still looks good so there you go all right the other thing that's kind of been floating around this is pure conjecture by the way <laughs> okay i have no facts to back this up but people are talking about it so i wanted to make sure you knew about it are kyle and mauricio having trouble or splitting up so people have been talking about the fact that there are barely any instagram posts on either account mostly kyle's of the two of them so if you go to Kyle's Instagram, there are no posts of her and Mauricio for a long time. And the other thing that people are saying is that there, you know, there's a rumor flying around and this is just a rumor. So it's just alleged. It's not, you know, real um, that we know of that he's having an affair with some younger woman. He's not happy in the marriage. I mean, I have no idea. You know, people have been kind of trying to throw that rumor out there since like season three so of course you know it doesn't have any leg to stand on in terms of facts yet um but the instagram posts are one thing that are a little suspicious to me because i yeah it's weird because kyle's usually all about that even like her father's day post to him was a little suspect like she wasn't in the main picture you know, it was like really just about like him as a dad, which I get it. It's Father's Day, but there wasn't like the lovey husband wife aspect to it that she usually would have. Other people are saying like, oh, you know, this is the reason for her rapid weight loss. It's not Ozempic. That's the reason she keeps swearing up and down. It's really because she's like, you know, stressed from the divorce and da da da. Now, again, who knows? So I guess that is to come. I mean, if that is real, though. That would rival Scandaval. Okay, there's not a lot of things that could happen right now to rival Scandaval in terms of how shocked I would be. Kyle and Mauricio splitting up, that like that would be on par for me. Because they are like a Bravo golden couple. Not golden in the sense that they've been perfect and no one's ever disliked them and there's never been a bad rumor about the, them or anything like that. Not that, but they've just... They have consistently put out a facade or not even a facade. They've put out the image because I can't say it whether it's a facade or not because I don't know. But they have put out the image of a happy couple for forever. Okay. So it also seems that Kyle's made up with her sisters 
because Kim's daughter got married. So there's been like footage of them all together, Kathy and Kyle at Kimosabe, and they're like taking pictures and stuff with Kathy's tequila and making a joke about it. So that's good. I'm glad to see the sisters are making up. And if I was really going to get into making conspiracy theories, you know, I could say that maybe Kyle would have a better relationship with her sisters if she wasn't with Mauricio. Because there has always been that thing of like, Mauricio stole clients from Rick and stuff. So uh, just saying, just saying. Anyways, just to get your little mind racing. Not that your mind's small, but you know what I mean. Just a figure of speech. Okay, so let's talk about Croy and Kim. God, there's a lot this week. So Croy posted on Instagram kind of like a video of himself thanking people for their support, saying I'm so grateful for the support and positivity. Basically, it's like, a post about his self-improvement efforts. Like he's trying to show the world he's trying to better himself since this divorce. Um, Now, on the darker side of this news, he, Croy, called the police over the alleged plan to kidnap him and Kim's sons on June 16th. So this was two days after Croy pleaded with a judge to evict Kim from their mansion um, 911 on this day was called five times, and there was allegations they were both making against each other, apparently in front of the kids, the four kids, So, which is really sad. Croy said his son was left with some woman named Elise, and that he was going to be filing kidnapping for his son going with Elise to like a rodeo or something, and it was a very bizarre allegation but I don't know if he's like worried that Kim is going to try and take off with the kids because maybe she thinks she's going to lose custody like I'm really making assumptions and kind of piecing it together but just based on everything that I've seen with the two of them it seems like he seems to really want full custody and so does she he seems to feel like she's going to do something irrational right and Whether it's like, you know, something like she's like taking all their stuff and gambling it away or taking the kids. Okay, now this could just be him trying to play victim and make her look bad. We really don't know. It's hard to tell. It's clear that one thing is clear is that Kim is an addict and has a gambling problem. And again, I'm not like looking down on her for that. Just like with John Fuda, you know. Again, addiction's a disease. But that being said, you know, it's a disease where children still need to be protected from it. And what's best for them is what needs to happen. But, you know, we don't know exactly what the situation is. So an old tweet, though, has resurfaced from 2020 that a couple Bravo accounts pulled up. Um, And this was, I remember this tweet when it came out. Because I remember, this was like, you know, 2020, we were all sitting around, whatever. (laughs) And I remember reading this tweet. So Brielle tweeted that she one time had to wait in a car until like 3 a.m. for her mom while she was gambling. I'm going to read the tweet. So one time I was walking out to go to dinner and my mom said, get in the car. We're going somewhere. I was like, uh, where? She said, shh, secret, get in. And then she put in caps. Two hours later, we end up at a casino in North Carolina. I was 20. Had to stay in the car the whole time. We were there till 3 a.m. Okay, I mean, that sounds pretty screwed up. But again, when people have an addiction, you know, they do things that are that are just bad decisions. 
that you know could alienate them and ruin their relationships like that is part of addiction so I hope I really really hope Kim gets help so that she doesn't like alienate herself from her kids right this it seems like this addiction may have cost her her marriage and it may cost her her kids if she doesn't get some help for it which worries me because like I said last week Kim is the type that I can see just not like refusing to get help so I hope that she does all right let's talk about Potomac because Monique and Chris Samuels are getting a divorce. Now, I know Monique is no longer on the show, but she's always a big topic of conversation. Unfortunately, I, I'm not a fan for many reasons. Mostly that one of the reasons is that I've always been a fan of Candace. I actually, I mostly like all the Potomac ladies. I really do. I think they're all good TV. They all work for their checks, all that. Even the ones I don't like, I kind of like like to not like them and I just like them anyways. I don't know if that makes sense. But Monique was one of the only ones who I didn't really like because I always felt like she was inauthentic. And that's my biggest pet peeve with housewives is ones who are trying to pretend that their life is a little too perfect. And then when anyone points out something, you know, that might be seen as a flaw, they absolutely freak out like or they just can't handle it. That was one of the reasons that like I used to not really like Wendy that much at first because the season where they brought up like the cheating rumors about Eddie, I didn't like the way she handled it. I understood why she was upset, but she kind of wasn't able to move on from it. And I, to me, part of being a good housewife is to be able to keep, you know, keep it moving. Once people have apologized and owned up for it, you got to you got to move on. You just do. So. Like, yeah, you can still maybe uh, inside not love them or you could still like be like, OK, I'm filing that away for later. That's fair. That's part of Housewives game. But part of Housewives game is digging things up to a point or if something is being heard nonstop, you know, maybe mentioning it. Now, does the housewife in question have the right to be mad that it's mentioned and being given life on camera? Yes. But it's also like, OK, maybe not forever. <laughs> so, however, I do see that Wendy has kind of let it go and she's moved past it. And I think she realized like kind of how to handle it better as she became a more seasoned housewife. So now I actually am really like team Wendy and I really like Wendy. Um, I've gone back and forth, but that seems to happen with all the Potomac ladies for me. I'm always going back and forth. But anyways, with Monique, I was just never... I just felt like she was never willing to be authentic. Like, just her personality always seemed put on for the camera. She always seemed like she was trying to be Little Miss Perfect with the way she, like, even like with her family, with everything. And then as the show went on and after she, the whole thing with Candace, obviously, you know, that was ridiculous. And she was clearly in the wrong in that situation. I know there's still people out there who want to blame Candace for that, but it was not Candace's fault. And, you know, Monique really played the victim, even though she was not the victim in that situation. And that was another thing. She never like apologized or really owned it. And when she did, you know, she was one of those like apology. And then there was a but after. And then there was all this other stuff online. Like she's very into conspiracy theories and stuff like that, like kind of QAnon stuff. Anyways, I don't want to go into all of it because, you know, I could, but it would be a long time. But she has a very problematic history online and in many other ways. 
So another thing is that she was on Love and Marriage DC with Chris. And if you watch that, I mean, wow. That was like a really different side of her. And people did not like her after seeing her on that. Like anyone who watched it was like, oh, okay. So this is the real Monique. It was very different. You could tell she wanted to maybe spin the narrative and, you know, that she maybe wanted some control about what her image was going to show, kind of like she did on Potomac, but it did not go that way. And then all of a sudden they weren't coming back for the second season. So it makes sense, right? Because she probably didn't, even though they were in like a press release and a photo to be on the next season, and then all of a sudden they weren't in it. So of course that's probably because their marriage was having issues. Um, But again, you know, Monique doesn't want to show the marriage having issues. Like, yes, she did show some of it on the first season of Love and Marriage, but she would not take responsibility for anything. Like, everything was Chris's fault. Now, I don't think Chris is some, like, innocent guy who's, like, a 100% good guy and everything's Monique's fault. No, because I think he is a part of the problem, too. But it was clear that there was, like, no willingness from her on Love and Marriage DC to take responsibility. So am I surprised that they are getting divorced? No. Now, and this is the, now, and here's what she posted on Instagram. This is the part of Monique that I can't stand. So she posts a video of like a nice beach with the, the water like washing up on the shore. And this is her caption. So the divorce news comes out. We haven't heard anything from her for a few days or we haven't heard anything from her at all, actually. And then she posts this. Imagine being in solitude in a whole different country on a meditation retreat only to be interrupted. It's all good. I'll speak with you all when I return. I promise. Until then, I'm going to enjoy this nature therapy and gather all the woosahs I know I'll need. Logged on to share this with you. Logging off after it posts. Peace and blessings. I love you. This See, this is the part of her that I can't stand. Like, she just she has to act like she's above it all right like she has to have this attitude of like oh I'm so above all of this that I didn't even know you were all talking about me getting divorced on social media you know I've been in a different country you know doing my retreat because I'm you know better and have more money and everything than all of the rest of you and you know then I was interrupted by this like why like you your divorce came out in the news it interrupted us, if anything. Okay. <laughs> it interrupted my Twitter feed and my Instagram feed, which is fine because it's Bravo news, but it's just this sort of like holier than thou attitude that I find she often has. So she posted that. She hasn't said anything since, but I have a feeling that she won't be taking any ownership, I'm sure. Which, I mean, what? not that I care that much because it's like it's a divorce. Usually the two people don't take any ownership. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be the same on Chris's side, too. Okay, so what are we ending on today? Real Housewives of Miami. Last story. So there was this, this little thing flying around that um, Larsa dumped a drink on Nicole. And everyone was up in arms about that on social media. But then uh, Adriana or Adriana, sorry confirmed that it was actually her who got the drink thrown on her by Larsa. So, okay, Larsa's working. Listen, I know Larsa is not liked. She's another one of my problematic favorites because 
not because I think she's like such a good person or anything, <laughs> but she's working. Like since this reboot came on, she's been putting in the work and like she's getting in there with the drama. And I, like, I don't know, it's been entertaining to say the least. Like, I think she's a good villain. This is what I can't stand lately is that no housewives want to be villains anymore. And the ones who are villains are like villains that play victim, which I can't stand. Like, just be the villain and own it. Oh, God, sorry. I didn't mean to sound like Rena, but just be the villain. Right. So I do appreciate that Larsa's kind of she's leaning into that role in the sense that like she can't take ownership of anything. So there is that. But it doesn't come off in the kind of like victimy whiny way. It just comes off in the delusional way, which is like the perfect housewives villain. Um, so, yeah, the rumors were of Nicole and Larsa, but it's not true. They also they went to Mexico City to film, which is the first housewives trip not to Mexico, but to Mexico City, because some people were a bit were be like, no, they've gone to Mexico. But no, this is their first time in Mexico City. Adriana performed at um, the Pride event in Mexico City, which looked really cool. And there was a story about Gertie being taken away in an ambulance. There were pictures of her on the stretcher. But, you know, I'm happy to report that she's fine. She posted like some videos after that of her like dancing. So hopefully it was just something, you know, that wasn't a huge deal. And, you know, we're all thinking of her and hope she's okay. So that is all for this week. Um, if you listen to my The People of Summer House versus Lindsay Hubbard Part 1, thank you, first of all. I hope you enjoyed it. And the second half of it will be coming later this week. So I am finishing up my rewatch and I'm almost done. And then I'm going to be talking about it and we'll, you know, we'll get right into it and I'll kind of try to come to a conclusion about where Summer House needs to go from here. All right. So thank you so much for joining me. Do not forget to rate, review, and, sub and subscribe. Um, and now you are in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo.